Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined by Matt Basinger. We are in the Let It Fly Media Studios, and today's episode is brought to you by M-Prize Bank, member FDIC. Not your typical financial institution, nor do they want to be. There it is. <laughs> we have an awesome guest with us today, Chef Selena Teo, one of Kansas City's celebrity chefs. Selena, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. So let's uh, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, how did you get into food service? Like, what I, I know that you studied it, right? That was the initial goal, and we'll we'll come to Kansas City here shortly. But what has been your history working with food? Oh, basically, I started cooking when I was really little, probably six, eight years old, and cooked with my grandfather. Um, I always joke and say I wanted to be the first woman in my family to cook because my mother didn't do it and her mother didn't do it. So <laughs> there you have it. Yeah. What kind of meals were you cooking as a six-year-old? Uh, probably like Lipton instant noodles. Yep. Like I would offer to cook dinner, but of course it was just like, you know, opening a package and following directions. But a baking, I probably started baking and uh, zucchini bread was my first thing that I ever made. Ooh, I yeah. love it. So zucchini bread, quick story there. Uh, my mom, in order to get me to eat her zucchini bread as a child, she called it cinnamon bread. Yep. And so from that, I thought I was always eating cinnamon bread. And then one day when I was like a teenager, she was like, you know, that cinnamon bread you love? I was like, yeah, I love the cinnamon bread. She goes, it's made with zucchinis, not cinnamon. I was like, huh. Gotcha. Well, I love zucchini bread. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Just long enough. Uh, so what are you working on now? What do you do now? How, and tell me as well, how did you get to Kansas City? Uh, I came to Kansas City in 2001 to take over the executive chef position at the American. And what were you doing prior? I was at Walt Disney World for five years. Uh, I opened Four of their specialty restaurants. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty fun, actually. I didn't know that fact about you. Yeah, yeah. That like was fun. Dang. I got to, I was the task force chef of Paolo, their first ship, so I got to do a transatlantic. I oh, lived on the ship for two months. How was that? It was fun because I got to live on deck seven with an actual deck. I didn't have to live where the crew members had to live. <laughs> <laughs> the celebrity element of it. Right. Uh, so what does Selena's empire look like today? And then where do you sort of see things going over the next, call it six months, and then even two years as we're really coming out of COVID and you're just sort of been able to reformulate what you're doing and how you want to do it and what your vision is for the future? Yeah, right now I'm just owning and operate the the Belfry. It's at 16th and Grand, and it's a, it's a full-service restaurant, but really known as a whiskey bar. We probably have 400 individual uh, bottles on the shelf, and so many of the people even walk in and ask the question, they're like, do you even have vodka and gin? And the answer is yes, but they're all hidden. Uh, even some pe some people said they're like, you're the only bar I know that has like $100 mezcals on the shelf, but they're all hidden under, under you know, the bar. But uh, so just known as that, do a lot of corporate catering uh, during the day because the Belfry doesn't open till 4 o'clock. And so I kind of like to stay busy. So I started doing the corporate catering thing. And, and that's basically um, – it's all about consistency. So I don't have a menu where you pick and choose and you do like a one-stop lunch and you get it one time. I only book people that book me every uh, week. Mm. So like, for instance, I have one company that we've done their lunches, catered for them four days a week for over two and a half years now. Oh my gosh. And another company for over a year now, we've done three days a week for, you know, 60 to 100 people, three days a week. So that's kind of my model. So how do people... Find this model. Like, if I go to the Belfry's website, is it like, by the way, if you want us to make four lunches for you a week, we can do that? Or how, how do folks know the myriad options that you have as far as how to create amazing food and beverages for folks? It's actually only word of mouth, and I should add that to my website, but it's not on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's basically one business owner telling another one, you know, I got 
North Point Development because he was having lunch at Sunlight and, and uh, he said, oh, wow, I can't believe that. We bring in lunch all the time. And mm-hmm. so then probably two weeks later, we were doing their lunches three days a week. Yeah. So coming out of COVID, you just told us that you, <laughs> before the show started, that you just got back from Denver. Mm-hmm. What are you sort of looking at for the future for Belfry and what your next move is? So that front space, if you were to walk in the Belfry and off to the right, um, you would enter off of Grand. Uh, used to be an event space. For everybody listening, the Belfry is located in the crossroads of Kansas City. Yes, sorry. Um, and that space is going to turn into kind of a pool hall. Uh, not be a pool hall necessarily, but there will be five uh, regulation-sized tables there. Belfry will act as the bar for that area. Uh, and the Belfry will still exist with, as a full-service restaurant um, and everything. But we're just adding uh, five pool tables and kind of, you know, extending out the uh, the decor and kind of ambiance and sensibility of the Belfry into that pool hall. So it's going to look older and more rustic. And Yeah. yeah. How, how do you make – no, this is a weird question. How do you make decisions as far as like, yeah, we, we want to do a pool hall or we want to – because there's a, there's a million ways to do food, right? There's a million ways to do these amazing experiences for folks. Um, what does that process look like for you? Because you could make whatever you want to to actually decide this is, this is the career. This is what I want to do. This is what gets me up in the morning. Um, it's probably the entrepreneurship question. Sure. What's your decision-making process really for – whether it is food or whether it is your spaces or whether it is your new business models you want to do, sort of how do you look at things and say, this is my driving force? First of all, I have to personally love it. Otherwise, I'm like a terrible liar, so I can't sell something I don't really personally love. That's just first and foremost. Um, I do happen to love pool. When I lived in Orlando, I probably played four nights a week. (laughs) Um, So that's actually a side note. Um, I had owned my building, a 1532 grand. I sold it two years ago to um, Ken Wolf from Denver, and now we're going to partner together, which this is the first time I've ever taken on a partner in my entire business career. Uh, so this is a kind of a learning curve for me too. Yeah. Um, and uh, he kind of proposed the idea, and because I love pool, I just said, yeah, there is a need downtown for that because you really have to go uh, out to the suburbs if you want to play pool in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And arguably there isn't a place that has – uh, the whiskey list or the food offerings that I that I do at the Belfry and and be able to play pool too. Uh, sort of, the Belfry is a really cool, fun concept that is yours through and through. The American, you came into an established restaurant with a reputation, and you were asked to be the next flag carrier for the American restaurant. Sort mm-hmm. of talk to us about the differences between. That type of a, a gig, if you want to call it that, that is just handed to you on a silver platter versus then you getting to decide what your own silver platter looks like. Well, it's one, it's not as challenging, which, you know, it's it's great to have that stability and have that freedoms, uh, all the freedoms that I had at the American restaurant to do whatever I wanted to do culinarily. Um, but after, you know, however many years, I was there for seven years, uh, it doesn't then become a challenge. And kind of one of my business mottos is great things won't happen unless you put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And um, so that's pretty much why I do what I do. I, I feel like I always need to challenge myself. And as soon as I become kind of sleepy about it, then there's it's time to do something else. But I'm always, I mean, the gears are always moving on what I want to do next. And 
that's kind of what drives like decision making. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to do something different. I want to do something new. Um, there is a need. I do love it. I can sell it. Um, and that's basically, that's basically it. So doing something new on that front, how do you look at something new? Do you look at something new as, and, and this is a you personal question. Are you really considering for whatever you want to do next? Is it have to be in close proximity to the Belfry for ease? Or are you looking at it from, I want to do something in a completely different part of town and replicate an idea that I've had in the past? What's sort of that decision-making process, especially right now coming out of COVID and sort of seeing where opportunities lie? Now, um, having had Julian and the Belfry and only a short six miles apart, that six miles is an eternity when you make that trip four times a day. Um, so... I do like keeping it close to the Belfry now. So any anything I do now is going to be um, close to the Belfry. Like yeah. Michael Smith has it going on, you know, boom, 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 right yeah. around the corner. You know, that's that's the way to do it, and you can really watch everything. When you're sitting in a car, uh, even for 12 minutes, and something goes wrong at one or the other place, mm-hmm. and you're not there, you know, it's nerve-wracking. <laughs> so. So you spent time in Orlando, in Philadelphia, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been in Kansas City now for, for a fair amount of time. Like, why is Kansas City, why, why have you continued to make it home? Tell me about just maybe the food scene in general here and what it's like to be a part of that. Well, the, I, it's been 20 years since I've come to Kansas City, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't even believe that. Um, I mean, Kansas City is where I gained my reputation and won my awards and all that. But on, on top of that, wanting to stay is my stock line for Kansas City is it's a, a city of, of convenience and culture um, of a much larger city, but the people are nicer. <laughs> Unless they drive, then you all suck, <laughs> like literally suck. Hey, you're, um, you're part of this group too now. <laughs> I am, I am. <laughs> um, but I could not have done what I did in Philadelphia. It's mm-hmm. just like if you need to buy a liquor license, you have to literally buy a liquor license and upwards of probably $500,000, I would imagine. Wow. I think that's why there's so many BYOBs in Philadelphia. Sure. You don't just ask your neighbors if you mind if I sell liquor here and yeah. these are my hours and this is what I want to do. Whereas here, you just have to pay, you know, pay your, your annual licensing fee and that's it. Sure. So I would not have been able to buy a, an 11,000 square foot building with a 28 space parking spot, uh, par- parking lot in Philadelphia. Sure. That c- would have never been able to happen. And I did that all on my own with no partners. Yeah. That just couldn't have happened anywhere else. Were you able to do that with bank debt? How do you kind of look at financing your operations as a whole? I did that, yeah. So um, with Julian's success and the money I made from Julian, I had then used that money to buy that building. And so, and then I had like a different you know, holding company for real estate and then paid myself rent and, you know, that kind of. Oh, yeah. Did you hear that uh, they might be redoing liquor licensing laws in Kansas City and getting away from the consent process? Well, no. But there's so many changes that are going on, and as well, they should be looking at it, but I don't know. So the pool hall might be a really easy thing because they're looking at changing it to where it would be just you submit it and then they send a letter out to all the neighbors. And if they object, and if you don't have enough objections, then you get your changes to your liquor license. Well, actually, the Belfry, the pool hall is actually easy because all I had to pay was $50. I think I had to pay $10 per pool table for the annual nice. license yeah. because the whole first floor has always been um, licensed. So so we're just... Just adding something to yeah, the license just, premise. Yep, yep. but that is, that is good to know, and it's good for you know other businesses coming up. Tell me about, all right, there's the celebrity portion of the celebrity chef. Have you been able to, <laughs> to cook? You know, th- there's a difference between cooking... 
making food, doing the things at your restaurant and doing it on camera. What was the experience like of both like, I guess, the notoriety that comes with it, but also just the experience of television and television production and all of that stuff? I actually loved television production. Um, it's exactly like a kitchen, except the mise en place is people. <laughs> uh, so it's a whole bunch of people working long and hard hours mm -hmm. to produce a product that ends up looking very small. Um, and then people are sure as hell going to tell you what they think about it. So <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But I did. I enjoyed it. Who are the, the most famous people that have ever come into your restaurant that you've cooked for? Any he, restaurant, he, <clears throat> any restaurant. You can you can do it in Disney. You could say American. It could be Belfry. You could do one of each. Maya, Maya Angelou, uh, Glenn Close, Kevin Bacon. I mean. So um, you're, one, you're one Kevin Bacon away from Kevin Bacon. That's yep. <laughs> Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, I don't know. So many. Lots of people. <laughs> so, so how is, I mean, you've, you've had some successes. How is business right now, right? Like what are your, you have kind of some six months goals and you're working on a project. Like what is maybe the big future vision of how you want to continue doing restaurants and food here in Kansas City? Well, one thing I do want to grow is actually that kind of corporate catering piece because it, uh, people appreciate it. Um, and, and it works for me just based on, on the, the, business model of the Belfry and sure. the kitchen just being open yeah. uh, during the day, right? Yep. You pay rent 24 hours a day. Yeah. So uh, that part. And then, I mean, always trying to do something new. And, you know, one of my other sayings is you have to give people compelling reason to come see you over mm -hmm. others. Some of those reasons are, you know, private barrel picks of Eagle Rare 10 year or whatever, or having our signature cocktail, the grand fashion made with. Rieger whiskey uh, oh, on draft. So amazing. Um, you know, just things like that. Um, is really trying to give people an experience that they can't get it anywhere else necessarily. And so always trying to come up with what those things are. And sure. sometimes it's harder than others to come up with those things. Yeah. Right. We all worked way harder the past year, especially in our business. Um, you know, when people talk about uh, COVID and how all this free time they had to learn how to play the guitar and all these home <laughs> projects. I'm like, what? I had no free time. You know, you weren't playing guitar at home. That was the best. Well, that was the best at the very beginning, right? When you saw everybody's social media and people were outside on their Traegers, like on a yeah. Wednesday at like 10 a.m. and they're like, yeah. just smoking a, uh, yeah. you know, some some lamb right now, and you're like, what? <laughs> it's 10 a.m. on Wednesday. I'm like over here, like struggling to survive. Yeah, and you're yeah. just at home. You, sorry, not to detract from no, that. No, no, I love you. Uh, you said something <laughs> that I think is important that I want to dive into. If folks are interested in having you for corporate catering, how mm. do they get in touch with you? Oh, for, you just, for our listeners, right? Oh, you can just call or you can email events at thebelfrylounge.com. Awesome. And, yep. Okay, we'll be sure to push that out. Um, we, we could, we, I, I love eating food. Right, and so we could continue talking about that, but uh, for the sake of let me be brief, we need to wrap up. <laughs> Aside from anything food related, what is the coolest thing you've ever done? Oh, um, I was thinking about this. I think um, last January I took my daughter to uh, Tom Morello's guitar camp, so that was probably one of the cooler things I've done. Would you buy a guitar made of whiskey barrel staves? Uh. <laughs> Probably not. We had somebody but... call us saying, I could make a guitar with your whiskey barrel staves and it would be so awesome. And I was like, I don't know if people would really buy that. Some people would. But I, like I said, I don't. I did not learn how to play the guitar over, nope. over COVID. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Well, we really appreciate you making time to spend with us today. I know that you're pulled in a million different directions and you have a lot going on. And so thank you for being on Let Me Be Brief. Thank you to Emprise Bank for making this all happen. And we look forward to seeing uh, your continued growth here in Kansas City. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me.